0: Welcome to The Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is The Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode on The Cashflow Ninja I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at Broadway production and real estate cash flow. My guest in this episode is Matt Piccini. Matt is the managing partner at MJP Property Group, a real estate investment company. He's been involved in single family, multifamily, and vacation rentals for over 13 years. Matt has experience in property valuation, acquisition, new construction, rehab projects, property leasing, management, financing, and is a Fannie Mae approved buyer. With an investment portfolio of over 1,350 units, he is primarily focused on acquiring and repositioning multifamily communities. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you're in the Philadelphia, Bucks County, and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you could go to cashflowandinja.com forward slash events. If you're like many of the listeners of the show, you're always looking for unique ways to protect and grow your hard earned capital. But sometimes that's easier said than done. The key to investing late in the cycle is identifying favorable opportunities on a risk adjusted basis. That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $20 million to mobile home parks, cell storage, and workforce housing due to the ability to generate asymmetric returns while protecting their investors' portfolios. If you're interested in learning more, head over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M-capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's your own banking system.com.
1: Matt, welcome to the show. MC, thanks for having me on. I've uh, been a listener for quite some time and I'm pretty honored to be on here with you.
0: Yeah, very excited to connect um, and uh, share your story with my listeners. Um, as I said beforehand, when we discussed and had a little conversation, uh, this is, uh, I think, my audience is really going to appreciate you and your story. You're a perfect guest for our show. So, I'm excited to jump into it, but um, can you please kick us off and just share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, You know, I I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and I moved to New York City uh, where I went to a musical theater conservatory um, and graduated from there and was actually a professional actor for about five years. Um, During that time, I started tinkering around with computers and um, eventually sort of segued into to having my own company um, doing website development back in, in the, uh, the, the mid to late 90s during the heyday of, of the dot-coms. Um, uh, the dot-com bubble burst, and I, I actually went, house, went, sorry, went in-house at one of my uh, clients, uh, which was Showtime, the cable television channel. I worked there for a number of years, and um, that's when I, I started getting involved sort of in the corporate world and I saw a lot of the big robust transactional websites uh, were being done by a lot of the advertising agencies. And uh, so I transitioned um, from, from Showtime into to working in agencies. And I, I worked in New York City um, in the advertising world, uh, had a career there for almost 20 years uh, at a number of different agencies working on um, a lot of uh, big brands, you know, Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it was great. I loved it. But during that time, I also uh, started tinkering around a little bit with uh, with some real estate. Um, my father had had done some residential real estate when I was younger. Um, I was aware of the concept of being able to, to purchase a home that you didn't live in, but was able to rent to others. Um, and I started to delve into that um, and did that part-time sort of as a hobby um, for about 10 years. Uh, During that time, uh, I met uh, my wife, Uh, we got married, and um, she was presented with a wonderful opportunity uh, in Miami, Florida. Um, And uh, it was out of the blue, we weren't looking to move, but uh, along with that opportunity and our move down to Miami, I uh, decided to uh, transition, from uh, doing the advertising world where I had been working many long, hard hours into uh, doing real estate full time. And, um, you know, luckily, you know, during the time that I was working, you know, in the advertising world, um, I was able to, uh, you know, amass a a little bit of capital um, and also invest in in a few different things, uh, real estate, and also um, some Broadway shows, so I was able to, you know, start really generating some some nice cash flow, and um, which helped support me moving into the real estate thing full time. Um, and uh, so I was in Miami for a few years doing that. Then uh, she got approached again out of the blue to come up to um, to Boston, Massachusetts, for another amazing opportunity up here. And so we've been in Boston for just about two years. We absolutely love living here. And um, so I'm a full-time real estate uh, investor. Uh, I'm also a syndicator. I syndicate multifamily real estate deals. And um, once in a while, uh, my wife and I actually work together and uh, will uh, raise money um, for some Broadway, uh, usually musicals.
0: Very, very interesting. Let's touch on the... Um, the musicals. Let's start there because just like I was, my audience is probably going, wait a second, Broadway musicals. (laughs) Investing in Broadway and cash flowing Broadway musicals. Yeah. Um, Now, maybe you could explain just a little bit of that world, how it works, because this is a business where there's capital being raised and, you know, eventually the the, the show's pr- produced and, and then put on and it's successful or not. I think the closest bit of insight I had was watching Mel Brooks, The Producers, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I, 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 and that was a play, but maybe if you could touch a little bit on that um, and share with us that probably have never heard of this, or maybe we have heard of it, but we have no idea how it works. Um, uh, give us a little bit of insight into that world.
1: Sure, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, you know, I, being that I had the background in theater, um, you know, that I was, you know, went to a musical theater conservatory and was a professional actor for five years, um, you know, gives me a, a, a certain amount of background in there. But, you know, really my, my wife, is also in theater that that's what she does she's a, on the management side um of of theaters and uh so she's been immersed in that world and specifically in the Broadway world when we lived in new york for 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 many many years i mean that's been her her whole career and that's her 9 to 5 um so you know with with that background we are able to um sort of have connections uh with the producers of different shows which has given us the ability to, to sometimes just invest in shows. And, and, and more recently, we've been getting more and more involved in um, raising capital for shows. But um, one of the things I think is that you know, having the background that I have in real estate and being a real estate syndicator, I'm able to create parallels uh, in the way that the musicals are set up because it's actually structured very similar to a real estate syndication Um, That makes it something that's very easy for real estate investors to understand. Um, The other thing that I, that I will say, and it's something that's extremely important is that um, investing in, in a musical um, or any sort of Broadway show is a, is a very risky proposition. Um, It's very high risk, but it's also very high reward. Um, You know, we've, you know, it's commonplace to lose money, um, in a, in, in investing in a Broadway show. Um, but I've, the shows that we've had that have hit, um, outperform any sort of real estate that I've ever seen before in my life. So, um, you know, it's almost like being at a roulette table, uh, where, you know, if you, if you pick that number and, and the ball falls on your number the payout is huge um but there's a lot of numbers on that roulette table you know, what what erica and i try to do and and we have a three-pronged approach the way we we go about it we try to you know maybe lessen the numbers on that table so that you're only picking maybe within five you know so so that you have the odds more in your favor but you know we 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 can't guarantee uh we can't guarantee anything but but based on our, our knowledge, we think we're helping, you know, move the odds and in, in, in the favor of the investor. And, you know, basically the, the way that it works is uh, we look at three things. We look at, you know, who, who is the, the creative team on the project, you know, meaning the director you know, the people who wrote the show, um, choreographers, lighting designers, you know, all of the sort of creative components and obviously the cast. Um, we also look at sort of the financial background which is uh the general manager and the producer, which is kind of like um on a real estate syndication, it's like your 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 GPs and or your property management company, right? The general manager is very much like a property management company. And um the third thing that we look at is is the the property itself or the, the show itself, right? Um, you know, we, we've recently been um are very much involved with Moulin Rouge, which is opening up on Broadway in just a couple of months now. And um, you know, one of the things that that we really liked was, you know, Hey, it was a known, a known show. It was a known brand, you know, obviously the, the movie while it's 16 or 17 years old, it was, it was a huge hit, right. Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman and Boz Lerman, right. I mean, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal movie and they updated it and made it really relevant to today's um, audience, you know, keeping most of it there, but updating the songs and the music and all of that. So, um, you know that that was something that was really compelling for us for that show. Not to mention the the, the financial team and the creative team was was top notch. So those are the things we kind of look at, and then you know we we take the things that we think are going to be successful, and we only do this maybe once a year, once every two years, once every three years, only when sort of the stars align, if you will, to something that we feel is is good. You know, it's not it's not our full-time job. You know, I do real estate full-time. My wife does theater full-time. So we only do these when it's something that we, we really believe in and we, we think is good. And it's obviously something that we're putting our money into. And, uh, and you know, sometimes we think it's something that other people might want to join us on.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. And I, I appreciate you breaking down how you guys analyze this deal. You know, and one of the th- thoughts that I did have as well, even before you mentioned Moulin Rouge is, You know, you see these things that were movies or, um, you know, they they have a recognized brand. Like, say, for instance, a couple of years ago, and this might be um, a number of years ago, I went to go watch a show that basically was about Queen, right? So We all saw the movie did. Uh, I'm not familiar with the show's financials, but I'm assuming that there was a pretty large um, group of people that appreciated and enjoyed Queen's music that went out to go see that show. So they give a little bit of an edge. Um, How is the returns with those as compared to, let's just say, you know, a, a lesser known, not a brand name sort of, but there's also maybe elements. I'm just thinking, you know, Hamilton's a big one, right? Obviously, oh yeah, mm-hmm. a big a big play. How are some of the returns? I mean, and uh, that clearly has a recognised figure in it. But some of the smaller shows that don't have a brand or a character like Alexander Hamilton that folks know already about. What what's kind of the differences between those those plays?
1: Yeah, you know, and I I think, um, you know, when you're talking about Hamilton, um, on the face of it, um, you know, a musical about a guy who who wasn't even a president of the United States, who's one of the founding fathers, you know, like, it could be pretty boring. I mean, there's an older musical, 1776, which is all about, you know, the, the US Constitution. And me, me being that I have the background in musical theater i am a fan of it. I actually think it's a great show, but like does that appeal to mass audiences? No, but when you have a genius like, like lin manuel miranda who who takes hamilton and and just writes an amazing uh, score for that and 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 it's contemporary and it's hip hop and makes it really relevant to to theater go on excuse me theater going audiences of all ages in today's world. Um, then you have, you know, a, 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 a success, an unbelievable success. We, uh, Eric and I, were actually fortunate enough that we were able to invest in Hamilton. So, um, you know, I can tell you that the returns from, from it are, are phenomenal. Um, you know, I don't want to uh, – I, I think there's a fine line about, you know, giving – you know, there's some information that, that maybe other people who have invested, I, I just don't want to divulge too much, but I, I will tell you that it's a, it's a phenomenal success and, and the returns are are quite incredible. And, and the reason for that, specifically on a, on a show like the way that, that Hamilton is, is a lot of these Broadway shows, the way that they're structured, if you invest in the originating production, so that first production on Broadway, you get um, licensing fees from any subsequent companies um, or, or, you know, royalties, it depends on exactly the the wording. But a lot of times you also have the right of first refusal to invest in additional uh, productions like, you know, you know, uh, you know, class A or class B productions of that show. So as an example on Hamilton, we invested in the Broadway company and then, There has been six subsequent companies beyond that. There's a sit-down in Chicago, there's the, the version in the UK, and there's three US tours. And we were able to invest in those additional companies the same percentage that we had from the Broadway. So we were able to basically like parlay some of our profits from the Broadway show because we were already getting distributions and just roll them into these additional productions. So before you know it, you know, you invested in one, but you're getting paid from six. So, we get, um, uh, you know, incredible, incredible cash flow from that. Now, there's other shows that we've done where we've invested and we've lost money, right? I mean, right. we've never lost 100%, but I mean, sometimes, you know, you might lose 25% of your investment, um, just sort of depending on what happens with it. Um, but when you get a show like a Hamilton that only come around, once every, you know, 10 or 15 years, you know, um, it can make up for any losses that you might have. It's why when I, when I find people who might be interested in this kind of investment, you know, I, I want to make sure they understand the risk. I want to make sure they, they actually have some sort of, you know, passion or interest, you know, in, in theater. And what I recommend to them is, hey, you know, instead of saying you're going to put $25,000 into this one show – and, and hope it does well. My recommendation would, is, hey, why don't you take, you know, $100,000 and say, you know, and commit to yourself, you know, that you're going to invest in four shows over the next, you know, five to six to seven years. That way, you know, if if the first show that you invest in, you know, just barely breaks even or makes a small profit or loses a little bit of money, you know, you, you, you have to be in a couple of these, I think. I mean, hey, you could walk in and the first thing you do, you know, is Wicked or Phantom of the Opera or Book of Mormon or Hamilton. And it's like one of these, these huge, huge hits. But the odds are, you know, you might, you're not always going to get a home run, you know. You, you might get a, get a single, you know, and, and that's okay and that's great. Um, so it's really about, I think, being interested in, and, and having a, a, an interest um, in in the performing arts, um, and also um, you know d- diversifying a little bit.
0: You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or forty years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook says you can be conventional or you can be wealthy, pick one. Dave and his team at The Real Asset Investor have syndicated many successful real estate and ATM projects over the last decade. Now, his team has an exclusive opportunity for investors in the coal space. Do you want to be part of an energy project that takes conventional coal and cleans it up by extracting liquids while releasing almost zero emissions? The sale of these liquids can produce strong double-digit cash flow and aggressive tax benefits against ordinary income, all while using America's number one, most plentiful resource in a responsible, efficient manner. Now that's non-conventional. For more information on this exclusive opportunity, you can visit therealassetinvestor.com or contact the Real Asset Investor team at info at Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com you're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Now, base hits are great. I love base hits. They all add up. It doesn't necessarily need to be a home run. Um, from a private placement memorandum, uh, or the deal structure is, yeah. maybe you could share a little bit about that. Is there sort of a preferred return basically for capital that's put up? Um, I've I've no idea. I'm sure most of my audience has no idea. Uh, maybe some of them, uh, there's a lot of smart folks listening, but maybe if you can share a little bit on that.
1: Yeah. Well, they're usually, you know, obviously each deal can be custom tailored and structured in a different way. But as a, um, you know, the vast majority of shows are set up with like a 506c syndication. Um, usually need to be accredited, not always, but usually need to be accredited on these. And um, you know, there is a subscription agreement and a private placement memorandum, very similar to what you might see in a real estate syndication. And um, you know, the way that the returns work is, um, you know, your the the profit from the show um all go it, it's a little different than real estate because uh your net operating income if you will is is your cash flow there's no debt service to be paid right so mm-hmm. what happens is investors are paid 100% of all the profit right all all of the you know income minus expenses the rest of that goes to the investors until they have recouped 100% um, of their investment at which point it usually turns into a 50-50 split with 50% of the profits going to uh, the producer and 50% going to the investor. So um, the producers sometimes have a a small uh, producer fee which it's usually smaller than what you might see as an asset management fee on on a real estate syndication. It's really just to sort of for their overhead to keep the lights on in the office. Um, so they 'll have that, but beyond that they 're really not making any money until the investors have recouped all of their money, and then that 's when the producer starts to make money and you know 50 fifty split you know some might say that that 's a little more aggressive than you might see on some real estate syndications i mean i 've seen a lot of real estate syndications with a fifty fifty, but a lot of times you 're seeing like a 70 thirty. But the thing that needs to be understood, I think, is uh, with uh, you know with these shows sometimes they're in development for five, 10, 15 years. I, I think don't quote me on this and I should know the answer, but I, I believe Hamilton was in development for about seven years, I think prior to it being done. So, so you're looking at the producers, you know, spending money, um, having, to like do options and clear rights and do workshops. And, you know, there's a lot of expenses and things that are, that are coming out of that producer's exp- um, pocket for years upon years Before the show even gets off the ground, and then um, they're really not being able to uh, recoup that until um, you know make any profit on that until after the investors have recouped their initial investment.
0: Fascinating stuff, and I I really appreciate how you tied in the how would you know the the comparisons with real estate syndication because that's where I want to uh, take this conversation uh, next. Um, Your real estate career. Uh, Maybe you can share a little bit about the types of assets that you invest in, the types of markets that you invest in, and why, and um, your overall investment philosophy, and then tactically, too, what uh, from a strategic point of view, what you do with a lot of these uh, real estate investments.
1: Yeah. Well, so... When you look at my portfolio, um, yeah I have a large investment portfolio when it comes to real estate. I, I mean I think it 's large. <laughs> you have some guests on here that on your show that would blow me away but i 've got um, you know over thirteen hundred at this point, point. and you know seventy five percent of that portfolio are deals that i 'm a passive investor in you know there 's other syndicators out there that I know that I like that I trust that i 've gotten to know over the years that find great deals, and I like to invest with them. Um, And then the other 25% of my portfolio are projects that I'm a principal in. And so I might be the sole owner of that, or or I I would say me and my wife are the sole owners of it. Um, And sometimes we're syndicating and we have, you know, 40 or 50 other investors who will join us. Um, And and usually when I'm doing a a, a sponsorship of, of that scale, I usually will will um will co-sponsor with another person I have, a, I have a partner that i justin that i like to to, to work with a lot um and sometimes I, I talk with other people about other projects as well um but you know primarily what i'm looking at is um multi um usually uh 80 to 100 units or more um i find that under 80 it kind of just doesn't the numbers just don't make sense. You don't have the sort of economy of scale that you need. Um, so, you know, uh, up to 250, 300 units. And, and I'm looking for opportunities in, um, in markets that I think are, are strong and where I see, you know, third-party fundamentals of growth. Now, I don't need ridiculous growth. We did a deal in, in Lawrence, Kansas, which if you look at it over the past 50 to 100 years, uh, it's had this slow and steady, you know, one to 2% growth every year. And it's projected to continue doing that. And, and I'm always looking for value-add opportunities. So that's a, that was a perfect market for me uh, on this particular project because, you know, this, these, it, it's actually two properties, both a 68 unit and a 64, very close to one another, you know, a little over a mile from each other, uh, both operated out of a, a single leasing office and um, so it was a total of 132 units and both of the properties were built in the eighties and really hadn't been updated since. So the market, the rents were way, way below market. And so we've been able to go in there. We've been operating it for eight months now and uh, it's doing phenomen- phenomenally well. We were able to increase our rents uh, up to the market. You know, we're not, we're not making the Taj Mahal here, um, but through interior upgrades and through exterior enhancements, we, there was an old dilapidated tennis court that we've pulled down and we're, we're putting in grass there. We're gonna be putting in a, 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 a playground for children and some picnic benches and just you know, updating it and making it you know, relevant to today. <laughs> we're going to um, you know, see some really significant return for our, for our investors.
0: What uh, markets are you guys operating in and what, uh, what do you like about those markets?
1: Yeah, um, we're looking in a few different markets for opportunities. The opportunities are, are um, I think, a bit difficult to find nowadays. Um, and and so and that sort of harkens back to even what I had said as it came to the theater. You know, fortunately, I've gotten to a point in my life now where where I'm uh, you know financially free and such that I, I don't need to do any deals. I've got enough investments elsewhere where, where things are okay. So I'm really looking for, for things that are very conservatively underwritten and I feel are going to be strong. And and we're looking in markets, like I said, where we're seeing growth. I mean, those are, those are, there's a lot of markets in, in uh, Texas that we like DFW is a very strong market. Um, We've been looking at things in Kansas and the Kansas city market. Um, That's how I found the property in Lawrence, which is not in Kansas city. It's about 30 to 45 minutes um, west of, um, of Kansas City, right between Kansas City and, and um, Topeka. So, it, you know, it, it's really about going into those sort of, I think, larger markets where we're seeing things happening. Like Nashville is, is growing unbelievably well, but I, I can't touch anything in Nashville. None, none of the numbers make sense. But now I'm starting to look in sort of the, the secondary and tertiary markets that are surrounded by that, that sort of have that, that halo effect, from from all the jobs and all the employment and seeing, okay, are there other markets, you know, commuter markets for there where where someone might have a job in, in Nashville or in downtown Dallas or in Kansas City, but they they you know they live in, in a in a surrounding town. And you know, it's about finding those properties that are that have a value add so that we can force appreciation, so that we can have strong cash flow. I mean my, my main criteria is, is to make sure that my investors are going to have double-digit cash-on-cash returns during our hold period. Uh, you know, we look to exit our real estate investments in five to seven years. And then the one I was just talking about in Lawrence, it looks like we're going to be able to exit much, much sooner because we've hit our metrics. But, you know, if we have to hold on to it longer, that's fine because we, we're always getting 10 to 12-year um, agency debt. So we can hold on to it if, if in five years we're at the bottom of a real estate market cycle. Um, as long as we're cash and we'll hold on to it for another seven years. It's, it's not a problem. Um, you know, the, the cash, cash is king, right? So that's, that's the, the most important criteria for us.
0: One of the things that I picked up, Matt, just from our conversation is that um, you build a teams really well and your interaction with folks like you, I, I I just think that a big part of, especially from the theater side, the broadways, you have to understand people or be able to read people and find the right people. And real estate is very, very similar. Can you speak to that a little bit and speak to the importance of a team and maybe share how you built your team in the real estate space? And maybe also touch again back to the the Broadway side of of how you guys were able to do uh, that as well.
1: Yeah, MC, I think you you really have hit a key point. Um, And and I think it's the success um, that people will have in real estate, um, but also probably in any industry in the world, right? It's really Mm -hmm. about those teams and those teams are built from relationships. And I think this is a relationship business um, more than anything else. So when we're talking about from a real estate perspective, you know building those relationships in those teams you know through, through the relationships with brokers and with property managers um, that's how I'm able to find um, deals that make sense. Sometimes I get you know opportunities to see deals that are off market or get a sneak peek of it ahead of of the market because of the relationships that I've built. Um, you know p- Part of me being able to build relationships and, and um, with other investors and with other syndicators and things of that nature. Um, have to do with the fact that I joined one of these um, uh, mastermind gr- not not really a mastermind, but but a whole, uh, you know, one of these uh, guru groups, if you will. Um, you know, I think there's a bunch of them out there. I think some of them are charlatans and you need to be be wary of them. But I also think, you know, having a mentor can be phenomenal. And for me, I mean, I did a lot of due diligence on it, but I found a mentor who who did phenomenal stuff for me and helped me get to where I am, um, through, through working with him and the whole ecosystem that he's created. Um, and, 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 and that's helped me a lot. Um, but a, a lot of building those teams was taking sort of those fundamentals and those building blocks and then applying that elsewhere in the different markets. Likewise, I would say the same goes in terms of, um, the, the Broadway shows. I mean, any of your listeners out there, it would be very hard for them to know, um, that they couldn't invest in a Broadway show or like who would be raising the money for it. You know, I mean, I could say the names of some Broadway producers who the Broadway world knows, you know, but I I would say them on this podcast and and no one would, would know who they are because they're not in that world. And, you know, luckily my wife, Erica has those relationships. I have some of them from back in the day when I used to be involved uh, in, in, in that world, but really, you know, 95 to 99% of that is my wife and her relationships and her dealings with that on a day-to-day basis. I mean, we've, we've been, we, we are friends with, I mean, we've been to, uh, I'm not going to, you know, jot people's names, but we've been to weddings of very prolific producers and sat at tables with, you know, people who are, you know, stars of screen and, 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 uh, you know, things like that. and, you know it's it's just through the relationships that we've had over the years through being in this business, and I think that's really the key is 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 I think genuinely being like a genuine good person, being a good friend and being a good business person with strong business ethics um, will help your relationships immensely and can open a lot of doors
0: yeah you'd make such a great point there with networking and the importance of networking and finding. Like minded folks being around the right people and actually interacting and engaging and speaking with folks because you never know where that's going to lead to. and I believe you know you have a recent example where that actually helped you land at a deal as well
1: Well yeah, definitely and and you know one of the things I do from a networking perspective, you know through those through the the mentorship that I have, I, I'm able to do a lot of networking. I also run a meetup here in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, you know, we're, we have over 100 people coming at this point um, to, our, to our next meetup, which is tomorrow. But um, we have a lot of people coming, and um, it, it's been great. I love networking. I mean, it, had it not been for the networking, specifically what you're talking about, um, is, is that deal in, in Kansas. And, and the way I was able to get that deal was was through my property manager, and, and you know having relationships and talking with the property manager and they actually managed that property and knew it was going to be going up for sale and put me in touch with with a broker who was going to be representing the sale and you know the, the, the whole story goes from, goes on from there but networking is uh, is, is the key um, you know there, there's a little saying that I picked up somewhere along the way I don't I don't know who said it it uh, wasn't me I didn't coin the phrase but I like to use it a lot. It's your net work is equal to your net worth, right? So, yep. I mean, it's super important, I think, to to get out there and 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 meet people and talk with people. And, you know, any any of your listeners, I highly encourage them to go on dot meetup.com and see if there's any, you know, things in their area that, you know, whether it's real estate or other types of generating positive, you know, passive cash flow and just get out there and, Shake hands and meet people, uh, you'll be surprised at that, that the connections you can make.
0: Absolutely. Uh, now, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. Uh, what are you currently studying? What skill sets are you currently learning?
1: Oh, great question. Well, um, I'm actually, so, so since we moved to Boston just about two years ago, um, I decided to enroll in the Boston universities. Uh, they have a, a whole a curriculum of commercial real estate for for um, you know like continuing professional education type thing. Um, I'm just getting ready to, to wrap that up. I have one more course next semester, but it, it's been great because it's exposed me to some parts of commercial real estate that I wasn't familiar with, such as industrial, retail, and office space. The multifamily stuff, you know, quite honestly, I kind of pretty much knew that because I've been doing it for a while, but um, it's been great, and the networking has been fantastic. I'm meeting a lot of other professionals here in the Boston area, who are doing this, uh, you know, full-time and, and are looking to, uh, you know, advance their careers. And um, that's been fantastic. So I'm always doing that. I'm also always going to seminars and checking out some webinars here and there. Um, I think you never stop learning. And uh, I, I love, uh, you know, lear- learning new things all the time.
0: Absolutely. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better then we found it by passing down a mindset values and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the first is, is kind of what you said, which is sort of my philosophy and the way I try to go about things is leaving, leaving the, the, the room, a better place you know, in in a better state than when you, when you walked in, that's something that I try to do on all my properties. Um, I had an opportunity to invest in a a property um, and um, what the, the, that particular person was doing, they make gobs of money doing it was running a property by basically slashing down the expenses as much as possible. And I just felt like the the properties weren't really in good shape. And, And I just declined to invest in that opportunity not because I didn't think it would make money because I thought it would, but it wasn't leaving the world in a better place. And that's sort of my investment philosophy. And that's one of the things that I would pass on to my children. Um, the next thing goes back to what we were just talking about in terms of, you know, not, not being shy, being going out there and, and, and sort of putting yourself out there and, and meeting people and talking with people. Um, I think that those sort of relationships are, Building relationships is is the key to success in life and happiness in life. Um, And, um, you know, the third thing I would say is um, I I think it's about, um, you know, in terms of, it kind of blends into the first one of of making the world a better place. I think it's about helping people in whatever way you can. Um, You know, that's sort of the premise behind the, the meetup group that I'm an, I'm an organizer of here in, in Boston. And, you know, I have a lot of people who reach out to me from there or, you know, if they hear me on a podcast or whatever, and I always make time to talk with people, whether they're an investor or they're looking to syndicate deals themselves to try to help them out and give them pointers and tips from things that I've learned along the way. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough, I think in my path throughout life, that I've had um, mentors and people and teachers who've been there and have have extended out a hand to me, and so um, whenever I can, I like to extend out a hand to others. Um, you know, we're, I'm getting involved in a, in a charity here in Boston that helps uh, provide housing. I, I thought it was really relevant because it's real estate, right? It's, it's providing real estate housing for for very low income um, people. And I mean, it just fits really well with kind of the real estate stuff that I'm doing. But it's, it's also it's about helping people that maybe you're, you know, have been dealt a, a, a bum hand, you know, and, and, and trying to help them out a little bit where you can.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and how can my listeners learn more about you, your company and all of the projects uh, that you're involved with? And how can they stay in touch?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think the best way is either by email or on my website. So my website is uh www.mjppg.com, and you can email me directly at Matt M-A-T-T at MJPG.com. Um uh, like I had mentioned I'm, uh, just a moment ago. I'm, I'm very happy to talk with people, uh, you know, regardless of what level they are, work with people, try to help them out or partner with people who are, you know, uh, whatever. I'm kind of a, a, an open book, I guess.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you connecting and thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Cashflow Ninja and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners.
1: Hey, MC, thanks. I love what you're doing on the podcast and it's been a pleasure to be on here with you. I really appreciate it.
0: Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.